It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into Josh Giddy not being one of the three finalists for the Rookie of the Year Award. What does that mean? And recapping the season for Josh Giddy with this loaded and amazing rookie class. Plus, what Thunder legends are in the postseason? Who should you be rooting for? Our award prediction for every NBA award and our NBA playoff ad- uh, prediction. All of that and more coming up on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on today's episode of the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LO Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by betonline.net. We're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder legends who are playing in the postseason. Josh Giddy, not being a rookie of the year finalist who will win every NBA award and our NBA playoff predictions. But online is brought to you by today's show's brought to you by but online, but online has you covered this year for more props, odds, and info and lines than ever before. But online is where the game starts. And let's just start out with Josh Giddy, the biggest story of the weekend for the thunder, Josh Giddy, not a top three finalist in the NBA rookie of the year award voting. The top three finishes are Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, not sure where Josh Giddy falls just yet. We'll find that out later on in the summer. Of course, there's been a growing love of Herb Jones. I don't think Herb Jones will finish fourth over Josh Giddy, but you never know with the voters in these awards uh, this season. But first of all, this is a loaded rookie class. Let's just compare these players with Josh Giddy. Scotty Barnes, 74 games played, 15 points per game, seven rebounds per game, three assists per game, shot 49% from the floor, 30% from three, and 73% from the line. 
He has a 6.6 win shares as his team finishes uh, fifth place in the West in the Eastern Conference. Evan Mobley, 69 games played, a solid and nice 15 points, five rebounds, I should say eight rebounds, two assists per game, 50% from the floor, 25% from three, and 66% from the line. And as of course, his team got to play in. And then you have Cade Cunningham, 64 games played, 17 points per game, five rebounds per game, and five assists per game. He also shot 41% from the floor, 28% from three, and 66% from the line while turning in a negative 0.5 win shares. And then Josh Giddy playing 10 less games than Cade Cunningham at 54 games, scored 12 points per game, eight rebounds per game, six assists per game, and a 0.4 win shares. Those are your comparisons between the three finalists and Josh Giddy. In my opinion, Josh Giddy should be fourth because there should be no real outrage regarding the, these finalists. Number one, awards are narrative. Scotty Barnes and Mobley both on winning teams as, as top picks. Uh, one with the fifth seed and one in the play-in, which was a great story for the Cavs prior to all the injuries unfolding for Cleveland, which kind of changed their season. And then you have Kid Cunningham, the top overall pick, who also played very, very well this year. Do not get me wrong. I think that the top three is correct. I, I do. Uh, I think that when you factor that in, plus everybody against the Thunder this year in terms of the media railing against their tanking, even though they've been tanking less time than the you know, Magic and, and then the Kings and, and teams like that, that factors in, plus the Josh Giddy injury factors in, and this was a loaded draft class, one of the best draft classes we've seen in quite some time. All those things factor in as to why you should not be outraged by Josh Giddy missing out. Now, if he misses out on first-team all-rookie, then we can start to have a more deeper conversation, bringing out the pitchforks and, and being totally upset. I know there's a ton of love for Herb Jones, what about Jalen Green? Again, the narrative's sake, and Jalen Green had an incredible second half of the sea of the year of his rookie season. But Josh Giddy should be a top five rookie in the NBA without question. So if he doesn't get all rookie honors on the first team, I totally understand at that point you being upset, you railing against voters and, and just going off on Twitter the way that we can do in Oklahoma City. We are very good at rallying together on Twitter and just hammering the trolls. But Save the energy for later on until we know what the first team all rookie looks like. I can't get behind any outrage about the all about the rookie of the year voting. It sucks, obviously, but that's just the kind of price of the cost of doing business. Whenever you have such a great NBA rookie class, you had a great season for, for Josh Giddy. This is the bottom line. Incredible season for Josh Giddy. Youngest player to ever record a triple double got four career triple doubles already. That's more than John Moran. He won every Rookie of the Month award besides one in the Western Conference, and he did, and he lost that one due to injury. And he had his stats compared to LeBron James and Wilt Chamberlain, Russell Westbrook, Magic Johnson, Lamelo Ball, Ben Simmons, Larry Bird, Dwight Howard. He had the the double double with no points scored. The bottom line is the thing took a huge swing a year ago, and I told you on draft night. This was not the microwave success story that we all want, right? We live in a microwave society. We want everything right now. And it wasn't like he drafted a slam dunk. It wasn't like he drafted Kate Cunningham, who you're going to get praised for the next day in the winners and losers column uh, without question, right? There was question around Josh Giddy at pick six. Took a huge swing. Took a step back. You saw how it played out. Turns out to be a home run. That's the bottom line. Again, if Josh Giddy's not first team all rookie, I'm there with you on the outrage meter. I'm not there because he missed out on top three rookie of the year. If he's not there in first team, our rookie, everyone has the right to be outraged. The triple doubles were amazing. His debut in Madison Square Guard was amazing. 
the double doubles, no passing Russell Westbrook in that category for a rookie for the Thunder franchise. He had a great rookie year, but I cannot dismiss what the other players did. I think the best argument would be Kate Cunningham. I, I think that Mobley and Barnes should be considered locks. I think that your best argument is Kate Cunningham between Josh Giddy and him for top three finishes in the rookie of the year. But even then, I'd probably still lean Kate Cunningham, obviously. So it's not clear and obvious he should be number three. Therefore, I don't really have a problem with it. But if you throw Herb Jones and Jalen Green on all rookie over Josh Giddy, because these three are clearly going to be all rookie. So you have two spots remaining. If Josh Giddy can't beat out one of Herb Jones or Jalen Green, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. I mean, again, Herb Jones, really good defender, really good player. Jalen Green, he was he was 1B, not 2, 1B on my big board last year. And I tried so hard to convince people he was better than Kate Cunningham last year on my big board around this time. I love Jalen Green. He's a great player. I think he's going to be a great player. I think he's going to be a multi-time scoring champ in this league. Had a really good second half of the season. I still would rather have the rookie season of Josh Giddy. That's no knock on Jalen Green. Again, this class is incredible. So it's 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 splitting hairs between these two. But that's the bottom line on Josh Giddy being wherever he finishes. He should be fourth in rookie of the year voting, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever. Because he's not top three, I'm not up in arms about it. Coming up, we're going to talk about the rest of the rookie of the year, or the should say the rest of the award finalists and pick our winners for each award. Plus, we're going to dive into what former Thunder players are on playoff rosters and who we should be rooting for this postseason. Is it clear and obvious the way I think it is? You're going to let me know in the comment section below and also on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Thunder. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts from five days a week. Make sure you're over there on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you get your podcasts from. But I do want to say right now that this show is brought to you by Athletic Greens, folks. AG1. It is fantastic. I love AG1. It's a lifestyle friendly, whether you're eat keto or paleo or vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. It's lifestyle friendly to you. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anythings while still tasting very good. It supports deeper sleep quality, recovery speeds, supports your mental clarity and alertness. It's one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens AG1 uses the best of the best products based on the latest science, which constantly produces incredible products for you. It's also tested and is great for you. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. It's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It is cheaper than getting all the different supplements you need yourself. It's all in one, one nutrition insurance. Make sure you're getting it for you. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes. It's trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervis. Make sure you're over there right now and checking out AG1 Athletic Greens, folks. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply for immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick one of the ultimate daily nutritional insurances for you at Athletic Greens right now. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NBA network gets you that offer. AG1 is where you want to be. Also, I'm going to say right now, we're good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar. 
that tastes just like a candy bar. You go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off of your next order. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off of your next order. Folks, Built Bar is a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar with 100% chocolate on the outside. They are delicious. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Make sure you check them out today. My personal favorite is the cookies and cream option. They're great pre-workout or post-workout. They're even great as a meal replacement or a snack. Folks, the reason why I never get tired of Built Bar is because they offer so many great flavors. So often doing the right thing, choosing the healthy option is difficult because it gets so repetitive. Not with Built Bar. Built Bar has great flavors. My personal favorite, again, cookies and cream or white chocolate cookies and cream. Go check it out today. Builtit.com. Promo code LOCK15. 15% off of your next order. Let's say right now, thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, go check out the Lockdown Now podcast, a nightly recap show of every NBA game with breakdowns from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts from. Because, folks, the playoffs come at you hot and heavy. There's four games on Easter that, you know, if you were with your family, you might have missed. So go check out Lockdown Now to get a recap from our local experts on how those games panned out. Let's keep diving in to Thunder basketball as we see Josh Giddy not be a top three vote getter for the NBA Rookie of the Year award. And in that category, I'd go Scotty Barnes as my Rookie of the Year, but I know I think that, well, I think that Evan Mobley is going to win it, but I'd go Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley. It's a coin toss for me, but I'm going to lean Scotty Barnes here because if you make the argument for Evan Mobley, you mostly talk about winning. Well, Scotty Barnes had his team (laughs) at five uh, before the injury, and his injury is a huge impact on that series between uh, the Raptors and the Sixers. So personally, I'm going to go Scotty Barnes. The MVP finalists, Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. My MVP is Joel Embiid. I know there's a ton of Jokic stands, and I know Lockdown Nuggets will not be happy with me picking Embiid, but I just feel like it's Embiid's year to win MVP. I I love what he's done this year, scoring title, all that great stuff. I I think that Embiid is the MVP. Sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero, Cam Johnson, Kevin Love. For me personally, it's not Kevin Love. I I mean, Kevin Love's impact has been, hey, he's not a malcontent anymore. He's not throwing fits left and right. He's not a bad locker room guy. He's not a bad teammate. That's his improvement. That's not for me. I'm not going to give you an award for that. The Tyler Hero thing is interesting because he play, basically plays like a starter, though he comes off the bench, kind of the way that Dennis closed those lineups out as a sixth man. Now, I'd go Cam Johnson here, but I would not begrudge anybody who said Tyler Hero. Uh, in fact, again, that's another coin toss for me like rookie of the year is. Defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart for me. I know Rudy Gobert is so awesome, and he basically won that game for the Jazz while scoring zero points in the second half on, on Saturday. But Marcus Smart is on the best, you know, the, the best defensive team this year, and he's having to guard the best of the best in this league on the perimeter, which is very tough to do. I think that we do not give enough credit to perimeter defenders in this award. So I'm going to go with Marcus Smart here as my defensive player of the year. Most improved player. This is the biggest snub, right? We can get mad about Josh Giddy because we're Thunder fans and we love him. But the biggest snub here is that the finalists for MIP, Darius Garland, John Morant, Jonte Murray. Jordan Poole should not only win the award, you know, should not only be a finalist, but he should win the award. The award should go to Jordan Poole, and he's not even a top three finalist for most improved player. Of these options, I'm going to go with Dejounte Murray. I, I think that with John Morant and Darius Garland, again, I don't love giving it to super young players like this whenever you know they're supposed to grow. They're supposed to develop. They're supposed to get better. Uh, and to me, to give it to them is kind of limiting their ceiling. Like what you, you thought that they were never going to get better from last year to this year. That makes little to no sense to me. 
I think that DeJounte Murray of these three options is the most improved player, you know, especially considering projections and things like that. But it should be Jordan Poole. There should be no questions about it. Coach of the year, another no question one. This time the finals is actually correct, but it's Taylor Jenkins of Memphis, Eric Spolstra of Miami, and Monty Williams of the Suns. Monty Williams is clearly the best coach in the NBA. He has the Suns just cooking. He should be coach of the year. I love Memphis. I think that Taylor Jenkins is a great coach. I think he's number two. I think he's awesome. Uh, but for Memphis to repeat their success last year and build on it and be a well-oiled machine and survive the Chris Paul injury and survive the ups and downs and not have that hangover of being a team that arrived last year and maybe takes a step back this year, but then to continue to do what they're doing right now, to me, it's Monty all the way, and he deserves a ton of credit, and he deserves to be the NBA coach of the year. What are your finalists? You know, Who are your predictions from the finalists? for all these NBA awards. What, what do you think should happen? Should Josh Kitty have been top three? Should he have, should he make all NBA, I uh, should say all rookie NBA first team? What should happen with Josh Kitty scenario? And who's your MVP? Who's your defensive player of the year? Who's your coach of the year? All that fun stuff down below on the comment section or on Twitter at rather underscore styles or on the email, lfunderpod at gmail.com. But let's talk about the postseason. Obviously the Thunder are not in it. Uh, even though they were playing playoff basketball like 19 months ago, well, let's not forget that whenever we get all distracted by the tanking and things like that for the Thunder, but they're not in it this year. And which teams have Thunder legends? Which teams should you throw your support behind? Number one, let's get out of the way early. The team that I think every Thunder fan should be rooting for is the Suns. Chris Paul is an OKC legend from his time with the OKC Hornets, plus the way that he treated that bubble season um, in 2019-2020. Chris Paul is a GOAT, and he should get a ring this year to solidify his resume, and also Thunder fans should want that to happen. They also have Campaign, who's a Thunder legend, of course, and former first-round pick for the Thunder. The Pelicans don't have any Thunder legends, but they did get OKC a second lottery pick over the weekend, so that counts for something in terms of rooting for them to keep it close but not beat the Suns. Don't get blown out. Don't get embarrassed, uh, New Orleans, but I do want you to keep it close because you did get the Thunder that second lottery pick by beating the Clippers. The Warriors' Thunder legend. Aaron Wiggins, best player to ever play in Paycom Center. Enough said. The Nuggets, Thunder Legends. Jeff Green and Austin Rivers for like 10 seconds. The Jazz. Rudy Gay's nameplate is a Thunder Legend on the Jazz. For the Grizzlies, you have Steven Adams and Brandon Clark, who was traded for Darius Baisley. Obviously, here's the big kicker. Who would you consider more of a Thunder Legend, Steven Adams or Chris Paul? For me, you count the OKC Hornets era. You count the fact that he needs this ring. It doesn't need, but it'd be great to, for his resume to complete his career, to have a ring at least one in his career for how great he is, a top five point guard of all time, you know, top six, top seven, wherever you want to put him, but you know, he's up in the top 10 of point guards of all time. Having that ring just kind of solidifies that for his career, and it feels like he's running out of time to get it. Obviously, still a great player, but how many more runs can he go through? To me, this season should be all about Chris Paul. Love Steven Adams. He should be ranked ahead of Chris Paul in the Thunder Pantheon for most people, obviously. But again, with all the other narratives that go along with Chris Paul's career right now, I'm behind Chris Paul in this year's playoff, but would not mind Steven Adams at all to help bring a championship when this is all said and done. The Pelicans have nobody. The Mavs have nobody. In fact, take a point away from the, from the I should say the Timberwolves have nobody. Take a point away from the Timberwolves for having Patrick Beverly. The Mavs have nobody. Toronto has Sfi. If you got attached to Sfi last year, He's on the Raptors. Go Raptors, go. The Sixers have a ton of Thunder Legends. If you're doing this based on bulk alone, it should be the Sixers. They have James Harden. They have Charlie Brown Jr. They have Danny Green in the Dennis Schroeder trade. They have Tyrese Maxey, a product of the Mike Muscala bubble buzzer beater. 
They have Shake Milton from Owasso. Let's count him. Who cares? Matisse Thibel as a draft promise in his draft. Let's count him. Who cares? It's a lot of Thunder legends on that Sixers, Sixers bunch. The Hawks have TLC, and they have Gallinari, and they have Trey Young, who was a Thunder fan at 15 years old, so great for, great for the Thunder legend Trey Young. The Heat. This one might be the winner for some of you in the comment section because I remember, I remember those of you who were beating down my DMs and comment sections and, and mentions about Yort 7 during his training camp stint in OKC and his stint with the Blue. Take your victory lap. He's on the Heat and played a vital role for them in the regular season. I'm not sure if he's going to be their player rotation. I doubt it, but still, Yort 7 is on the Heat. Uh, Markeith Morris, Thunder Legend. Victor Ladipo, Thunder Legend. Enough said. The Nets have nobody. Celtics, Al Horford. Great, great Thunder legend. Took it in stride last year. Helped the young players develop. Shut down for the better sake of the franchise at the end of the year last year. And he has rejuvenated his career in, in Boston. Has played a really good uh, season this year. Okay, fine. The Nets do have Kevin Durant and Blake Griffin. But still, again, Blake Griffin only because he's an Oklahoma kid. The Bulls, Billy Donovan, for better or worse. And Alex Caruso, OKC Blue legend. Shout out Alex Caruso. And the Bucks, Serge Ibaka and George Hill. Those are your Thunder legends in the postseason this year. Who are you going to support? Are you with me in the slam dunk pick of the Suns? Or do you go Memphis? Or do you go 76ers because of all their bulk of Thunder legends? Where are you at this year in the playoffs? Who do you want to see win this year's NBA Finals? Speaking of that, coming up, we're going to do our NBA playoff predictions based on my NBA.com playoff bracket that was submitted over the weekend. Let's see how we're off to so far to start the NBA postseason. But I do want to tell you right now about our good friends over at betonline.net, which will make you experience the playoffs better than you ever have before because in, because, because betonline.net is your number one source for all betting stats and info this year from the latest sport developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the MLB season. Make sure you check out BetOnline. It's your continued source for sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Go to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action this year. Bet online is where the game starts. And folks, this is how easy it is. You go to a URL bar, type in betonline.net. Sportsbook. Let's go down to basketball as we load in here. Basketball. Let's do NBA games. And we see NBA basketball games. Here we go. Monday's slate of games, the Mavericks and Jazz. Mavericks, five and a half point underdogs. Can they win without Luka and even that series? Let's pick them. Five and a half for the Mavericks against the Jazz. That's my selection for today. See how we do at betonline.net. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. 
Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, go check out the Locked On NBA podcast. From the first jump ball of the playing tournament to the last possession of the NBA finals, Locked On experts are taking you deeper inside the playoffs than you've ever been before with breakdowns and analysis of all 30 teams along the way, including the offseason. So make sure you go subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. Now let's continue talking about the Thunder and we should root for in the postseason without the Thunder actually being there. This would have been a slam dunk if the Lakers made it, surprisingly enough. I know that we all hate the Lakers in our own way as NBA fans, but no one wants to see Russell Westbrook win a championship more than Thunder fans. Therefore, we'd all be dreading the, the two-month-long period if there would be Lakers fans, but uh, they didn't make it, so it's easy now to root for the Suns and Chris Paul. Let's do our predictions. These are my NBA.com bracket predictions that I made, of course, when it was still available last week. Let's see how we're doing so far and see if we're going to get these right or wrong and if you agree. So first round of the Western Conference, Suns in four. Still love that bet. Still do. Mavs in seven. Even though Luka's not going to play game two, I still love that bet. I, I really, really do. Maybe I'm wrong, but I love Mavs in seven. Warriors in six. Warriors are going to win the series but I really don't know if the Nuggets can steal two games. I don't know. I think I should have done Nuggets five or Nuggets even, I mean, I should say Wizards, Wizards, Nuggets. What am I talking about? Warriors five or four. Grizzlies in five. Okay. I'm scared. I'm scared. It could still happen, but the Wolves took game one. Now maybe the Grizzlies get in the shape and just rattle off four straight, but I'm thinking this is going to go six or seven now, but still, I think I got the winner right, though, with Grizzlies. So Western Conference, round one. Suns advance, Mavs advance, Warriors advance, Grizzlies advance. Eastern Conference, round one. I have Heat in seven. Again, not loving that. Hawks did not put up much of a fight on Sunday, but Heat in seven. Sixers in six. I still like this as long as Scotty Barnes can return and you can have Gary Trent Jr. return as well. Um, and, and players like that for the Raptors, who, of course, are dealing with sicknesses right now and injuries right now. And that was a very physical uh, game one for Toronto and Philadelphia. I want to see how the officiating goes down the stretch of this uh, series between these two squads. And again, Toronto, Gary Trent Jr. doubtful, Scotty Barnes doubtful, Matisse Thibel, I should say Thaddeus Young doubtful. Matisse Thibel can't play in Toronto because of his vaccine status, which might swing the series once it gets there. However, Doc Rivers was not using Matisse Thibel because he wants to get used to the new rotation without Matisse Thibel in game one. We'll see how that continues the continuity with Danny Green there in game two. But Sixers and six still I feel comfortable with, but again, five might have been better choice there. Bucks and four. Hey, look, the Bucks play with their food a little bit and the Bulls kept it competitive. The Diamonds late game situations and the side outs messed them up, which surprise, surprise, but I still feel good about uh the Bulls losing in four. However, they might steal a game or two because it's hard to sweep in any sport, especially the NBA. Boston in six. That series is incredible. That game was incredible today. The Tatum buzzer beater might push up to seven, but I still feel good with, with uh, Boston uh, here, of course, and also with Boston in six, although I want that game, that series to go as long as possible. Western Conference, second round. I have Suns in six over Mavs, Grizzlies in seven over Warriors. That was my pick earlier in the week before the playoffs started. I'll stick with that. Eastern Conference, second round, 
I have Heat in six over 76ers and Bucks in four over Boston. I wish I didn't get so confident in the Bucks and go with four over Boston. I don't think Boston will get swept, but that was my pick. I'm sticking with it because it's locked in. Uh, Western Conference Finals. Suns in six over Memphis. Bucks in five over Heat. And then NBA Finals. I have Bucks in seven over Suns, but I really, really, really want the Suns to win. But I had to pick Bucks in seven over Suns. How do you have the NBA playoffs shaking out this year? What's on your agenda for the NBA playoffs? What series are you most looking forward to? And why is it that Celtics and Nets matchup? Uh, this week on Locked on Thunder. Tuesday, we're going to recap Sam Presti's presser. That's going to happen on Monday. Wednesday, we're going to grade the season so far for every player. Thursday, we have a special guest, Mavs Draft on Twitter. He's going to break down Chet Holmgren. We're going to have a player profile and projection on Chet Holmgren, a whole podcast about Chet, because I know a lot of you have Poku PTSD and need a refresher on Chet Holmgren. Friday, we're going to have an NBA lottery big board, draft stock watch, and your questions for our mailbag episode Friday, Fan Friday. Make sure you give me those questions on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles or on the email, hellofinderpod at gmail.com. So there you have it. This is Monday's episode. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 